as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. We're back. Hey, everybody. It's been a while. We're back. We're here. It's the Top Pair Podcast. I'm your host. It's Eric Weinstein, along with my my partner in hockey, my partner, Nick Maxwell. What's up, guy? Hey, buddy. I missed you. I feel like it's been 10 years since we recorded a podcast. In reality, it's been like 10 days, but it feels like 10,000 days. Um, very busy, very, very long week for the two of us last week, so fortunately we weren't able to you know, get a podcast in, but we're here now. Glad to glad to be with you. It's Monday night at 6.45. We have Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final tonight. Um, we'll give you our predictions by the time you hear this. It'll already have happened, so our predictions might not mean anything, but we're going to give you our predictions anyway. I'm going to talk like I already know who won when I make my prediction, even though obviously I have no idea. Um, but before we get into that, um, wanted to... First, there's a little bit of news outside the rink this week. Uh, a big name moving uh, moving out of Broadway. Nick, why don't you give us a little uh, give us a scoop on that one? Oh, I believe it was announced earlier today. Uh, longtime Ranger Mark Stahl, yes, of that Stahl family. The Stahls. Um, the Stahl. Family. The Thunder Bay, Ontario. Thunder Bay, Ontario. Ontario. Yep. There you go. <laughs> um, was traded to the was traded to the Detroit Red Wings. Um, a defenseman and the second round pick in this upcoming draft to Detroit for future considerations. And I'm putting that in air quotes because I never understand what that really means. I guess that just means like TBD upon the deal being signed. I'm assuming once Stahl probably has to pass a physical and obviously with everything going on, um, there's no guarantee for that, especially for a guy at Stahl's age. But, you know, he's the guy in the final year of a six year deal uh, that he signed back in 2015. You know, this is kind of a big salary move both for Detroit, obviously, because they have a ton of guys coming off the cap and they're really looking to sort of turn over their roster. They already showed earlier that they're getting rid of guys like Jimmy Howard and John, Jonathan Erickson are leaving. So, I mean, I think this is a good move by Yeiserman. I think obviously picking up that draft pick with his, with his reputation of being a guy who's found a lot of gems outside of the first round, I think that might be the, the biggest piece of this come probably five years down the line, but... You know, good swap, I think, all around. Good on, good on New York. Obviously, you're going to have a ton of young players that you're going to need to resign in the future. And they're a team that's going to continue to try and build out that roster for to be competitive in the short term and long term. And we can call this move what it is, what the Rangers did. It's a salary dump. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially this year, you know, they have to re-sign. Guys like D'Angelo comes to mind, the first guy that they have to sign for that decor. Um, I just want to say a little bit about Mark Stahl, um, being that, you know, I'm about 50 minutes from Madison Square Garden, so I'm able to watch Ranger games on the on the regular. Um, this guy was an absolute warrior for his entire time in Manhattan. Uh, he was a fantastic, a big game player. Um, you think of the over the game. I think it was an overtime winner against Washington in the 2012 playoffs. Um, after they they tied the game with like five seconds left. I think it was 2012. Um, guy was just a, a big game player. He always showed up when it mattered. Played a ton of minutes. Um, was a big part of their Stanley Cup final team that made it to the to the to the final on that run. Um, worth every penny of that contract that he signed. He he lived up to it. And I think the Rangers are going to miss Mark Stahl. I thought it was somebody who could possibly be the captain, um, which shows what I know because they obviously moved him to make space. But I think this is. 
you know, a move that it's going to signal a few more moves that the Rangers are going to make. Um, them re-signing Kreider, they had less cap space than they would have liked. They need to re-sign Tony D'Angelo. Um, they already moved on from Brady Shea at the trade deadline. You know, the big elephant in the room is uh, Mr. Lundquist is, might be next, whether it's a trade, whether it's a buyout, whatever it is. Um, but it's crazy to think that the Rangers, they're moving forward. They're moving forward with this young core, you know, moving forward with the team, you know, led by Zibanejad and uh, Artemi Panarin. You know, they're moving forward with this. And, you know, it, it, it's definitely not the end. Um, there's definitely going to be other moves that are going to be made for the Rangers because much like most teams in the league, they gotta they got to clear some cap. And fortunately for Mark Stahl, it started with him. He's got he's getting shipped off to the Motor City and, you know, we'll see if they hang on to him. They buy him out. You know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, talk about roster turnover too. It's like, you look back, I feel like a couple of years ago, this was a completely different roster that was buying for the playoffs. Um, obviously, when you had guys like Zuccarello, uh, Derek Stefan, like that whole crew. Rick and now Nash, it's like the average, Ricard, I feel like this has got to be, if if not the youngest, one of the youngest rosters in the National Hockey League. So, I mean, credit credit to me goes to Jeff Gordon on this. Um, I love the direction that he's taking this team. I'm still not really sold on David Quinn being the long-term coaching option for this team, but obviously we'll see. I mean, this is including the fact that these guys have the first overall pick and they're going to get Alexi Lafreniere, so... I mean, they're going to need this cap space in the short term and the long term, like I said. So that's off to this team. You know, they're going to be a contender for years to come, it looks like it. Yeah, and, and on the Red Wings' perspective of it, you get a guy who's played in a million big games, a good veteran for those young guys they have in the locker room. You know, we always say it, good in the room, great in the room with Mark Stahl. Um, those kids, if they hang on to them, those kids are going to learn a lot from them. And I think, it's, I think it was a great move by Detroit. You get the second-round pick. Um, you know, for one year of Mark Stahl to be in your locker room. Um, I like Yeah, I mean, especially, too, like, when when that team just, like, went through this year, just being historically bad, and just having these young guys probably have a lot of their confidence has been broken over the past year. I mean, dudes are battling injuries. They need a presence like this in this room. Just, like, a common guy who's seen pretty much everything. I mean, you know, people make fun of, like, the compliment of, like, oh, he's good in the room, but when you're a team that's a little bit on the fra- more fragile side, you know, it never hurts to have a guy like Mark Stahl for your young guys to go to. Agreed. Yeah. And just to know that he could be a big brother type for the young guys in that room, just keep them focused and, you know, a grizzled vet for, you know, for Detroit there. So good move all around. I think we could leave it off on that note. Uh, anything else outside the rink that you wanted to go over? Um, well, we'll just go around real quick. The NHL awards. Um, finally come out. Finally. Uh, we've seen probably the last over the last week or so, um, the amount of people on Twitter and whatnot releasing their ballots, and there was a little bit of a stir. Not too many surprises though. I mean, first of all, uh, Leon Draisaitl wins the Hart Trophy winner. Um, you know, I don't think that was really a ton of surprises there. You know, well, there was a there was a lot of. And well-deserved. A lot of Nate McKinnon buzz that he was going to... I mean, obviously this is a regular season award, but, I mean, you could still make the case that Nate McKinnon had, is as important to the Colorado Avalanche as anybody is to their team. So, um, I mean, either way, I I think there wouldn't have been a lot of, like, anger if Nathan McKinnon won it over Dreisaitl. Both would have been deserving, but I think Dreisaitl was the best player in the NHL all year, and I think it has to go to Dreisaitl, which it did, yeah. obviously. 
yeah, and I, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, and then obviously the, the Norris Trophy, I think, went to the guy who I think deserved it, and that was Roman Yossi. I mean, we've talked on this podcast all the time that, you know, this guy, like, he's the captain of the ship for the Nashville Predators. I mean, he does everything. Not only is he a shutdown guy, he leads their offensive attack. I mean, there were so many good defensemen this year that should have that could have been up for this award. Um, the fact that somebody like Seth Jones finished 14th, I think, is a little bit of a crime. I'll just say that. That's, that doesn't really make any sense to me. But, you know, I, I didn't get the vote on this, so that's fine. Um, but, you know what, I think this is going to be one of a couple more couple Norrises that Roman Yossi wins. Yeah, I mean, when I saw Yossi won it, not that he wasn't deserving, but I, I thought this was John Carlson's award to lose. I really did. I, the year that he had, um, it's a shame that Roman Yossi had the same type of year that he did. Because I thought this was John Carlson's year, um, what a fantastic year for both those guys. Uh, I'm not like kicking and screaming that Yossi won because I think he's also deserving. Um, I just thought it was Johnny Carlson's year this year, but I like uh, Yossi. You said it. I mean, another guy, the mo- the most important player on his team. Uh, he he drive like you said, the captain of the ship. He drives it. So I think a well deserving award there. Um, now the Vesna Trophy. I was a little surprised that Connor Hellebuck won. I was glad, but I was a little surprised that Connor Hellebuck won. I kind of thought, it, like, just like John Carlson, maybe, maybe I don't know that much. Maybe that's it's, it. Could always be that. I thought this was Tuukka Rask's award to win, to lose. I mean, uh, I think Hellebuck won this because of the momentum that he had going into the season. How detrimented, like Winnipeg's blue line was. Like no Bufflin, no Tyler Myers, Ben Sherratt leaves. Like. They have a bunch of Joe nobodies. I think the whole storyline this offseason was the Jets are going to win. The Jets are going to be a good team. It's going to be because of Connor Hellebuck. And then because they were, like, you know, not a great team, obviously, but, like, a good enough team to make the playoffs. I think, like, it, that train just kind of got rolling and it never really stopped. I certainly think Hellebuck deserved to be a finalist. I mean, for me, it was Jacob Markstrom. That's the guy who I wanted to win it. We, we know. Yeah. We're, we're aware of that. <laughs> Did I say that before? I can't remember. <laughs> Um, but I mean, no hate here for this. I think there's been a, there was a few goaltenders this year that I think really were the backbone for their team. So good for, good for Connor Hellebuck and an American. Yeah. An American goaltender can never get enough of those. <laughs> um, and then probably the most contested trophy this year was the Calder trophy between Quinn Hughes and Cal McCarr. Cal McCarr ended up being the winner. Um, I mean, you're splitting hairs here. I think for me, I would have voted McCarr just because I think he's a little bit more of an all-around better defenseman. I think Quinn Hughes has more offensive upside, especially right now. But, you know, I'll take either of those dudes on my team for the next 15 years. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to be upset if whichever one of those guys won, whether it be Hughes or whether it be McCarr. I wasn't going to make a big deal out of it. Oh, well, why didn't this guy win? Both those kids are just... Uh, just outstanding young defenseman, and you're in a good spot with either of those guys. You could have maybe done like co-winners. I think that would have been fu- that would have been pretty cool, like Grant Hill and Jason Kidd in like '94, '95, co-rookies of the year. I would have been okay with that. But uh, yeah, Kale McCarr. I feel like he was uh, probably the odds-on favorite at the beginning of the season, and he delivered. So um, yeah, no 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 problems with Kale McCarr taking home the hardware. Yeah, and then we'll just kind of burn through the rest of these awards real quick. I mean, Sean Couturier wins the Selkie Award, which very is kind well of a shock to me. I mean, I think he is one of the best defensemen or the best defensive forwards mm. in the league. But after um, 
beating out Ryan O'Reilly and then Patrice Bergeron, like it just, I don't know, to me it's always automatic that Bergeron's going to win this because I don't, just like the hype and everyone knows how good he is. Yeah. Um, and then Bruce Cassidy wins the Jack Adams award winner. I think he's a much better coach than people realize, but I think his best coaching is going to actually get to be ahead of him with this core that's kind of aging. But obviously I don't have any, I don't have anything really to gripe over that. Um, Bobby Ryan with the Masterton award winning, which to me, there was three great candidates for this. I think he, his story though, and the way he came back, Bobby Ryan, who's now a free agent, by the way, after being yes. released, for the, released by the Ottawa Senators, um, you know, good for him. And I just hope that wherever he plays next, he continues to get the support that he needs to keep playing that fight. Um, general manager of the year. Yeah. Lou Lamarillo. Mr. Lamarillo, who... Funny story about Lou. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but last year I went to a game at the Coliseum um, and it was me and my dad and we were walking out. It was after they lost to Washington. I think it was like 3-1 they lost or 2-1 and they kind of like slept walked through the game. I think Kunakal was the only one who scored in that game. So tells all you need to know about the kind of effort that the Islanders gave. We were walking out and we were by like the suites exit and who do we see walking out is Mr. Lou Lamarillo who was shorter than I expected, by the way. Um, Lou Lamarillo comes out. We say, oh, Mr. Lamarillo. He looks at us, and he just shakes his head because of the effort that the Islanders gave on the ice and kept walking by, and I was like, I'm terrifying, man. But um, (laughs) I think it was well-deserved. I mean, and not even just from a biased standpoint. I mean, were Jean-Gabriel Paggio and Andy Green worth the first and second-round picks they gave up? I think so. Um, I mean, especially because it's not a rental, right? I mean, the J.G. Pezzo, as soon as he gets the extension signed, to me, that's well worth the pick. Yeah, and and to have, I mean, Andy Green, at this point, it's looking like he was just a rental. But to have that guy in your locker room, he was excellent in the playoffs. Um, you know, him signing Semyon Varlamov shook, like, kind of, and mine included, kind of had people shaking their heads. But Varlamov was excellent in the playoffs. You know, he had a couple hiccups, but I think... By and large, he, he was great. Um, so, you know, he got Ilya Sorokin here. We're, we're, you know, very excited about him. So it's his next big challenge is the cap gymnastics with signing the restricted free agents he has. But, you know, I'll deal with that on my own. But, yeah, I think well-deserved. I think all three of those guys could have wanted to. Um, I think all three were fantastic GMs. And But, yeah, uh, congrats to Mr. Lamarillo, my GM. It's very it's it's nice having like grown ups run your team, like it just is, like adults. It? Like you have Lou Lamarillo and Trots. Like I, I'm very okay with that. Command, commanding grown men, yeah. Right? Just like grown, when they walk into the room, grown every adults. single player is just gonna like stand up and kind of just look out of just like pure respect and a little bit of fear. Like that's fine, that's how your team you should happen. be ran. Fine by me. I'm good with that. Uh, and then the last couple of awards here: Mark Giordano wins the Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award. Um, and Nathan McKinnon wins the Lady Bing Award. I still don't really understand what the Lady Bing Award is. Like, it's just like a sportsmanship award. I guess it's just like the least amount of penalties. That's usually for a really good player. It's like the best player that takes no penalties. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Fine by me. Lady Bing. Um, and one thing I forgot, this was something that I saw, um, the first person I saw was Rear Admiral of Spitting Chicklets. I saw he tweeted this. Apparently... Tory Krug's negotiation rights are going to be traded, and it's. I, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I forget the teams that he said, but I know Vegas is interested, which would just be so unfair if his rights get traded to Vegas. How does that team have any cap space left? I, I don't still know. don't understand. <laughs> uh, let me pull up what the rear admiral said here. But talk about Tory Krug while I do this. Yeah, I mean, Tory Krug is going to be a guy who I think is going to get way more money than what people think, even under these conditions. I mean, he's proven that the fact that he can be a top-pairing defenseman. He can kill penalties. He can be on your power play. He's got a good shot. Uh, he plays with that like that snarl for being a guy who looks like he's four feet tall out there. Um, you know, Michigan State product, and you always know that those dudes play with a huge chip on their shoulder. That's just the way that program raises those guys. So I've been hearing terms thrown around about seven or eight years, which, I mean, that's, that's, that is a long, long-term commitment. Well, he's, um, he's 29 right now. Right. Uh, his contract he just finished was, and this is something that he earned every penny of, four years, $21 million. Yep. Um, 29, undrafted. Thank you very much. Um, among the suitors, Colorado. Vegas, Florida, and Detroit. Detroit, I think, just because he's like a kid from the area. He, he's from he's from Detroit, I believe. I think he is from an American kid, and I think that's how he ended up at Michigan State. Yeah, but um, I mean, any team that's getting a guy like Tory Krug, I mean, enjoy that because that kid is a kid. He's twenty nine, but he is a hell of an offensive player, and. You know, you could quarterback your power play. Uh, you could do a lot worse than Tory Krug on your blue line. I don't know how much better you could do with a guy on your power play, but he is, and he plays, He that guy just looks like a son of a bitch to play against. He is just balls to the wall, you know, as hard as you can every night. And it's, you know, it's a sign of the times that the Bruins aren't able to keep this guy and, you know, they got to move on. Yeah, I mean... The only thing that I can really think of is that if he kind of looks at the writing on the wall and saying, well, Bergeron's probably playing for less than what he's worth. Pasternak is definitely playing for yeah. less than he's worth. Um, I mean, the fact that David Krejci makes the most out of any of their forwards, that just blows my freaking mind. Um, Marchand is playing less than he's worth. So maybe he buys in and says, hey, you know what? We just went to the Cup two years ago. We just had a phenomenal regular season, and then we went to this level where all hell broke loose. And maybe he takes less. I don't know. Or maybe they just do something where it's like, we'll give you only $6.5 million, but $6.4 will just be at signing bonus so you can get the most out of your actual contract dollar. Yeah, I guess. So, but, I mean, it's the cap is just going to be so crazy this year. Just how you're going to have to see GMs make deals, you know, like make deals like the Mark Stahl deal. Where you have yeah. to throw a draft pick or a young player to get off one of these, you know, these higher contracts for – you know, for guys that you, you want to keep, but you just, you can't because the cap is yeah. it's a flat cap. So, um, but yeah, Tory Krug possibly on the move and whoever gets him is probably going to be quite happy with the result. If I had to guess. Yeah. I mean, if he, if he joins either of those blue lines, either in Vegas or in Colorado, that's just, I mean, that must be fun. Um, yeah, it just must <laughs> be fun to apparently have no, no cap. <laughs> I guess the cap is only for some teams, not all of them. <laughs> yeah, you get a five-year grace period, apparently, of just spending whatever dollar amount you want. I guess, yeah. It's only fair. <laughs> um, so I think that's it for around the league, unless there's anything else that you want to add. 
Um, I got nothing. Um, I got nothing. I just, I like remembered the Tory Krug thing because I read it this morning when I woke up and was like, that seems stupid, but uh, whatever. <laughs> All right, so moving on tonight, the night that we are recording, game six of the Stanley Cup Finals. Tampa leads 3-2. Dallas coming off a big uh, overtime win. Scory Perry. Scory Perry. Perry. <laughs> Eric really likes that tweet that he had in case I you guys so, are I mean, I didn't, come, I didn't come up with it, of course, but I just think it's so great. Um, <laughs> Scory Perry, baby. Just big-time vets who the Stars brought in. One of them being Corey Perry, the other being Joe Pavelski, who has 12 goals in the playoffs, 13. Um, making that contract that he signed that everybody kind of shook their heads at for, I think it was $21 million over three years, showing he's worth every penny, whether it's leadership, clutch, goal scoring, whatever you want to call it, Pavelski has been worth it. And they got Corey Perry for pennies. He's been worth it. So... Um, you know, so I guess they're technically depth guys for the stars at this point, coming through in big moments for Dallas. Yeah, and credit to Rick Bonus. I mean, this is all coming off of him jumbling the lines after uh, the game Friday, game five Friday, uh, putting putting Jamie Ben with Joe Pavelski and putting Tyler Sagan kind of on a line a little bit on his own with Corey Perry, and then those two just happened to finally get the offense a little bit kickstarted. So, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been impressed by Dallas. I really did not think this would be a long series, and I'll also say that I didn't really think that the last couple series they were going to be in, they were going to win it either way. Um, but their blue line is playing great. John Klingberg, Miro Heiskanen, Essa Lindell, and they're just getting just enough scoring up front. I think, I think Tampa right now. I mean, obviously, as it's been announced, Steven Stamkos isn't coming back, which. I Shocker. I mean, at least we had a Steven Stamkos it sucks. Setting, right? Kinda. I mean, when he scored that goal, I was so hyped for him just to see him back on the ice. And, you know, first shot is of the playoffs is in the Stanley Cup final, looks game three, roofs it, just buries one. Um, it sucks that he's not able to be a part of this because you we know the kind of guy he is when he's healthy. But, uh-huh. um, you know, it sucks that he's not going to be back for the rest of the final, but um glad to see him at least glad to see old number 91 out there the good number 91 not that one up in toronto but uh <laughs> i'm kidding um well, but, the, one in, the one in colorado he's fine he's fine now he's a, yeah he's cool i'm all right with him <laughs> um isn't there another number 91 sagan right sagan yeah yeah i like I him <laughs> very handsome he had an assist the other night um but yeah i mean i what were we saying before i decided to throw in David jonathan harris i don't remember <laughs> uh, great radio. Just talking about, yeah, just great. Talking about Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us go. You yeah. can tell it's been a while since it's, we've done this. We're rusty. It's been two weeks. We're fine. <laughs> um, just talking about Dallas forwards. I mean, the fact that they're getting just enough scoring, and then Steven Stamkos obviously will miss him dearly. I mean, is that the last goal he ever scored for Tampa? I don't know. Whoa. We don't know. Cliffhanger. Oh. Ooh, my, ooh, my starting rumors? Maybe. I don't Maybe. think it is, but that's for that, that's not our call. <laughs> um, but either way, I mean, Tampa has to look at this right now. They have to put the hammer down on this. I expect them to call them out. Gears flying tonight. 
I really don't. This is one of those situations like we just saw in the NBA Finals, right? Like you just had a team down three one, then you let them back into the series and give them hope. Then all of a sudden, Game Seven, you know, Paul George is hitting the backboard with you know three minutes left. You're down by like twenty already. Yeah, but let's fire Doc Rivers. That'll fix it. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started on the Los Angeles Clippers. Sheesh. Um, But but, but my point being, basically, is just I think Tampa is going to play with more urgency than they've had this entire series because I think they know that, you know, this is the game where the pressure is definitely mostly on them. I mean, if you're Dallas, you're playing free tonight. Like, you're not even, A, you weren't even picked by anybody to get here, right? B, you know, you're you're playing with a backup goaltender right now, and he's playing out of his mind. Right, nobody ever expects Anton Kudobin to even. No, not at so all. You're just you're trying to ride this wave as best you can. So Dallas, I think your recipe tonight is kind of just weathering the storm as best as possible. You know, maybe giving up a ton of early shots like they have been, and then figuring out a way like last time they score off kind of a weird bounce goal or score off a turnover really quick. You know. The Tampa defensemen have been a little bit careless with this puck sometimes in the series, and I think that's where they have to capitalize. Yeah, and that's kind of where they've been capitalizing is on the mistakes that Tampa's been making. Because with a team like Tampa, how they can all of a sudden it's like they're skating downhill, and you know they put with the guys with Point Kucherov, how they've been playing, you know, outside of their minds. Um, you have to capitalize on those mistakes, and. They have the guys who can finish, who can you know put the puck in the back of the net when the Tampa defense makes those mistakes. However little there may be, you know, however li- how many little mistakes there might be. That's what I was trying to say, Eric. Fucking figure it out. Um, but I- I'm with you. I think Tampa's going to be coming out just flying tonight. I would be very surprised. Um, I'm going to act like the game's over, and I know what happened. So. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning their first Stanley Cup since 2004. Um, congratulations and, to who's, Bra- who's lifting the cup if Stamkos can't do it. Um, Hedman. Yeah. Okay. Definitely Hedman. And I think Braden Point right after him. And I congratulations to him for winning the Conn Smythe. Just an amazing playoff run. Um, shout out to him. Um, congrats on your Conn Smythe. Then you know. We'll see how it goes next year for the you know for the Tampa Bay Lightning, your 2020 COVID Cup champions. Yeah, I mean, one last thing I'll say too, because I didn't know realize this stat until this morning. Dallas only gave up one power play opportunity in the last game, and Tampa's power play was six to 50 percent, which is absolutely ridiculous for anybody who's new to hockey. In the previous three games, like that has to continue. That has to continue. Obviously, Kudobin has to keep playing the way that he's been playing. Um, but I think John Cooper is going to switch up his defensive schemes a little bit. I think he's going to switch the matchups at least to kind of take care of the Pavelski and Perry combo. Um, but I'm with you. I think I think Dallas just doesn't have enough scoring right now. I think unless Sagan erupts or unless it's something like, you know, Yol Kervata or however you pronounce it. Kuviranta. Kuviranta. I think if, unless he has another huge game out of nowhere. I just don't see Dallas being able to pull this out. I've been saying that all playoffs long, though. So who knows? I could be wrong again. Um, but I think this is some. I think this is a game that's going to be close. I think it ultimately the final score. Tampa's going to win three two in overtime. Just don't. Or hashtag Bucci overtime challenge. Just don't make me say bad stuff about Tyler Sagan again. I just. <laughs> I felt bad because I really do like Tyler Sagan. He just. 
Come on, Listen, bro. he's very handsome. I'm sure he is, he's like a millionaire, so I think he's oh. fine with most of his life. Oh, he's very handsome. Um, <laughs> but he's he's exactly the guy. He's their big money guy. They sign him to all that money. You, you got to perform. And it doesn't get any bigger than Game 6 back against the wall, Stanley Cup Finals. Unless it's Game 7. That's the only way it's going to be bigger. <laughs> um, <laughs> so but don't save your performance for Game 7. Just like, do it now. Yeah, do it now seven, so that way you can get to Game 7 and do it again. You know, like... <laughs> um, but, you know, what we said about Tampa, how we think they're going to come out flying, I think Dallas is going to come out just throwing their bodies around, hit, throwing hits, blocking shots. The, I think they're going to need a little bit of puck luck tonight. I think they're going to need maybe a deflection off somebody's skate, you know, whatever it is, um, a fluky goal or two. If they want to force a game seven, which I'm hoping they do, because I'm, I was saying, thinking it the other night, I'm really not ready for hockey to be over. And we only have a maximum of two games left. But I... I think Dallas is going to really need something like that, some puck luck. But, again, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, real proud of you guys. You guys had a hell of a playoff, and congrats on lifting the Stanley Cup tonight. Unless you don't, and then Dallas does. Yeah, if you don't. I mean, later. good job, Jamie Ben, for scoring six goals and winning 6-2. Like, nice <laughs> job, everyone. Um, congrats to Captain America, Joe, <laughs> yeah, Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski, like way to go. Team, probably. Yeah, way to go. Um, Corey Perry. Keep scoring, um, but yeah, I mean, I real honestly, I, I do think that Tampa is going to win, but I'm just—it's one of those things where I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Like, I don't know who's going to score. I don't know who's going to make the big play. Just because I think Dallas, that overtime win, it, they have all the momentum right now. I think it, when you win a game in double OT the way that they did, I mean, I just—they got it. They just need to come out. Again, like you said, they have nothing to lose, you know, besides the Stanley Cup final. But right now, it's kind of like house money right now. That you're down, backs against the wall. Nobody expects you to be there anyway. I kind of hate the whole house money thing, but in this case, it really is. I mean, they could win it tonight, and you know, all of a sudden, we're looking at it's anybody's ball game on Wednesday if Dallas comes out and wins tonight. But again, you know, congratulations, Braden Point. Like that Consumite Trophy is going to look sick on your mantle. Like, good for you, dude. I can't believe I can't believe the NHL did this in two months. Unbelievable! I know. Unbelievable! And really, honestly, like we give the NHL a lot of grief because they don't handle a lot of things the right way, as we've seen in this bubble. But I mean, the whole operation of trying to put this together in a couple months sounds like a freaking nightmare. And the fact that they've done it with zero again, zero in COVID cases is goose egg. It feels like it's almost like winning a lottery, like how, how amazing those odds are. Yeah, I think Gary Bettman bought himself a little bit of leeway on the next stupid thing that he does, where you'd be like, well, you know, he did handle the bubble <laughs> perfectly. So, um, And we know that the Stanley Cup is going to be in the building again tonight. Um, you'll see that same guy with the white gloves who... You know, no the, Pritchard, man, come on. I couldn't think of his name. I couldn't think of his name. Um... Yeah, I guess Dallas, they get the last change tonight. It's That can make all the difference. You really, you never know. Um, but yeah, Tampa's winning tonight. Um, anything else before we wrap this puppy up and I go through all the good housekeeping? Um, anything else you want to bring up? Shout out anybody? 
um, before we wrap this baby up? Um, just a quick shout out. Chris Stewart retired today yes. at the end of a really long career. Good for that guy. I mean, dude who earned absolutely everything. Um, I, think I believe was... he already accepted a player development job with one of the organizations. So, I mean, good for him for figuring out the next chapter of his life. Yeah, I think I saw 680-something games that he played in the NHL. I met him at a bar in Buffalo once. Couldn't have been nicer. Um, just a, tough as nails, you know, a guy you did not want to be on the other end of a hit from. And, yeah. you know, like you said, earned every minute of ice time. 680 games, nothing to sneeze at in the NHL. Um, good for him. Uh, player development, it's kind of, honestly, it's probably a good fit for him. Um, I think yeah, that's, it's a, it's, it'll be a great step in either coaching or scouting or management, whatever he wants to do. I mean, that's a great place to get your start. Exactly. Um, working for the Flyers organization, so you know he's going to get a lot of opportunity oh, there. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be, again, great fit for him. Uh, just a badass. I mean, not really, not, not, I wouldn't, I'd say better than a goon, but kind of filled the goon role if needed. So yeah. shout out to Chris Stewart. Hell of a career, my guy. Um, I met him at Bottoms Up. R.I.P. in Buffalo. Um, if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So before we wrap this up, I'll go through our social medias. Um, you can find me on Twitter, of course, at Eric Weinstein. Two C's, two N's. You're going to see me tweeting a lot about how the Yankees are going to get crushed by Cleveland. Can't wait for that. Not. Um, you can find the podcast at Top Pair underscore Pod. You can see me tweet gems like Scory Perry again. Um, Nick, why don't you go ahead and, uh, give me your social media there, bud. Yeah. So you can always find me on my personal account at maxwell one I've been tweeting a lot about the bills recently. Sorry. I just have to ride this wave while I can. Before listen, I break my heart again. listen, Nick, um, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo <laughs> bills. Yeah. Or you can find me on Instagram at Nick J Maxwell as well. Yes, you can. And Nick's tweets about the bills, by the way. Oh, he gave me a shout out because I told him, wait, don't worry. Josh Allen's going to be good. Don't worry. Cause he was skeptical. Admit it. I was so skeptical. <laughs> I was like, I wanted the jets slash giants to take him, and look where we are now with the jets slash giants. Um, said the same thing about Ed Oliver. Okay. Enough shouting myself out. Um, you could find the podcast, uh, top pair pod, of course, which you should know by now. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public. Um, I think that's all of them. Yeah, I think so. H1, A1 Sports Network. Well, besides that, that, besides that, you know, <laughs> our boys over at the A1 Sports Network, you can find us on the homepage there at a1sportsnetwork.com. Find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A1 Sports Network. Love them. Thanks for giving us the pod. Shout out to you guys. Um, Nick, that's all I got. Um, what else? I think I'm good. I think that's everything from our end. You know, just follow along. If there if there happens to be a game seven, Eric and I will try our best to squeeze in another quick episode. But either way, just because the season's almost over doesn't mean the content is going to stop. We're gonna have some draft analysis. Finally, agency stuff going down. Finally, for what feels like months on this draft stuff. So I hope you guys listen in and really enjoy it. I have um, Nick's draft analysis saved on the files on my phone. I've had it for about three months. I read it every so often just to keep myself. I feel like I'm an expert now because of the analysis that Nick gives. Nick is the NHL draft guy, but I'm the NFL draft guy. <laughs> <laughs> it All is right. what it is. And remember, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I'm Eric. 
He's Nick. We're your top pair. We'll see you later.